You're listening to WLPNLP Chicago, 105.5 FM, Lumpen Radio, Bridgeport. It's September 5th, 2019, and you're listening to the Beer Temple Insider's Roundtable. Remember this is what we wanted. Remember this is what we said. To never be heard or seen from again, 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 again. Remember this is what we wanted. Remember this is what we said. To never be heard or seen from again, 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 again. Hello and welcome to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. I'm your host, Chris Quinn, coming to you as always from Studio B of the Co-Prosperity Sphere. A little late, which isn't uh, completely abnormal. All the first time, but it's usually not my fault, and it is my fault this time. It is my fault that I agreed to pick up one of the guests. Is what I should say, but uh, no. Uh, bears traffic all that stuff so sorry we're getting a little bit of a late start but thank you for everyone who came thanks to jamie trekker the fearless producer as well as logan bay the fearless leader notice he's more important than the fearless producer more integral to uh the runnings of uh lumpen radio i don't want jamie to ever forget that but i want to thank all of them nonetheless for having us on yet again and i want to thank all you guys for listening for tuning in to 105.5 fm on your radio dials or tuning in on your podcast app i I think that probably makes sense somehow um so yeah thank you guys and if you did tune in on your podcast app thank you very much and if you want to leave a review that would be awesome if you want to Write us a letter or, or anything like that. That would be great, too. But word of mouth is also very much appreciated. But no matter how you listen, thank you, guys. It's very nice of you, too, to continue listening. Or if it's your first time, thanks for tuning in for the first time. Let me tell you what this show is all about. Essentially, this show is trying to recreate one of, I think, the best things about being in the beer industry, which is having some beers and sitting around with a group of people who are all passionate about beer, maybe come at things from slightly different angles. Maybe we have some people who are brewers or some people who work on the supply side, some people who are um, sell beer, some people who write about beer, facilitate, facilitate beer, all beer being sold, all sorts of stuff, or just love beer and, and drink beer, pastry royalty, pastry royalty, (laughs) perhaps, um, that can only be one. Swine. Yeah. Um, anything. So Swine? Swine. Well, not beer swine, but yeah. other actual, other fluid swines. Pigs. Yeah. Yeah, p- yeah. yeah, pigs. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're one and the same. Sometimes the pastry king, whatever. Yeah. We'll get to that later. <laughs> Let it. that come up organically. That, that was a little forced. Probably in the comments. Yes. Uh, reader mail or um, yeah. fan mm-hmm. mail, I mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we have letters. letters. We have a letter. We have a letter. We have several electronic letters, but we have a real letter. So uh, anyway, I wanted to uh, – that's why that's what this show is supposed to be, a bunch of people sitting around having beers and talking about things that relate to seltzer. <clears throat> I mean beer. And, uh, <laughs> no, we're going a whole show. Yeah. We're not going to talk Which about Which is seltzer. a shame because this is the most seltzer-heavy audience feedback I've ever had. 
Um, but if you want to not have any, if you don't want to talk about seltzer, that's fine. It's going to be very hard because there's some non. We won't talk about any direct seltzer topics. How about that? It is. We'll see if we can do it. We'll see if we can do it. I may run out of time. We're already <laughs> off track. Yeah, we're already off <laughs> We've track. We've already said it 14 yeah. times. Yeah. So let me introduce my guests. But before I do, I have to remind everyone that the comments of my guests are their own and not the opinions of. Well, I should say the comments are obviously their own, but the opinions are also their own and not the opinions of of Lumpen Radio or any other entity that th- these people, these this royalty may or may not be associated with. So with that, I will introduce the guests starting in, well, going in order of seniority as I always do. You'd think the king would go first. You're not even the senior most king, my friend, on this show. Yeah, he's so you got a, a ways to go. He's more of a knight, uh, 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 but you know. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, I'm thinking of King Kona. Oh, yeah, geez, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> he owns islands. Yeah, exactly. It was your job if you served no. that. Yeah. No, 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 no. But I, uh, but Mr. Uh, Mr. Strong Mike Shalau of Iswas Brewing, back again. How's it been? Good. Good. Just finished labeling the second batch of Iswas beer about five minutes ago and then drove up here really fast. Nice. Yeah, always Zag. It's a hop accented Saison. Very cool. Mm. Nice segue promo there. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Uh, there will be a keg on draft at Beer Temple on oh, Saturday. You don't the say. 13th? Double promo. Nice. Four, 14th, 14th, right? Whatever that yeah. Saturday is. So there'll be a keg on draft, be bottles for sale. Yes. Call it Quiet Fest instead of Riot Fest. You hmm. know, a little respite from the, the Blink-182 reunion. Is that really happening? <laughs> yeah. I thought one of them like, got burned up in a plane crash or something. No, he was in a plane crash with DJ AM, obviously, but uh, yeah. he survived. He was fine. DJ oh. AM, not so much. Oh, really? I think so. I, I wouldn't. I'm not the foremost expert on celebrity plane crashes, though. So. But you are the most the foremost expert on Blink-182. I'm up there, you know. I'm really up there. I learned how to play uh, all those songs when I was learning to play the guitar. So, well. so the guy, the one guy lived, but you, but since you only know one eighty two, you don't know if the other guy lived or died. I could care less. DJ AM. Yeah. Okay. Don't care. Don't Th- care. There's a lot of wow. small artists out there. He's not in Blink One Eighty Two. He doesn't have zombie dust. <laughs> don't care. Yeah. Well, what else is there? He really? might be a dust brother. You gotta have your priorities. You never know. Straight, you know. Could have been. Yeah. Could have been a, a dust brother. I think I like to think he would have been, but uh, yeah, you know, he, he would have been. You never know, right? Except he, w- I think he was sober. Mm. So uh, straight edge. You yeah. can't really. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. that's yeah. That's that is a problem. After, after doing too many zombie deaths, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> DJ AM. Yes. Hey, R. I. P. Jamie. Sorry, any so any luck on the letter? There. No. See, guys, this is why I say. Well, I I say don't send it to Ed, and then it'll end up getting to me. But I think really the letters need to go to the Beer Temple. Let's just be real. They need to go to 3173 North Elston Avenue. That's E-L-S-T-O-N. That's the Beer Temple, and I will get them, I promise. It was a really nice letter, too, Chris. It smelled nice, and I think it may have had some things you know about you personally in the letter. So I'm, I'm disappointed I cannot put my hands in the letter at this moment. Was it about seltzer? I think it might have been about something. Oh. Burn it. <laughs> Burn before reading. <laughs> yeah. 
This this feels like a sensor yeah. letter. It's in a slim <laughs> can. Yeah, mm, yeah, it's slim. It's white. <laughs> um, have you talked about other malt beverages like Zima in the in relation to all this? Seltzer. We'll get to that. First, yeah. we're introducing the guests in order of seniority. Right. I'm just wondering I've if that so has come up. And you are not. You're the second I'm most sorry. senior member of the panel is also royalty. Now that I think about it, Sir William Charles Moore. <laughs> How are you? Doing well. What's new, man? Uh, it's uh, business as usual for me, I'd say. so. Not Over at Spiteful Brewing. That's the one. We had your... Uh, your founder on not too long ago. It's been a while when, before, uh, since Jason was on. Yeah, he told me about it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I hope hopefully it went well. Didn't, didn't yeah, I, I listened. Chances. He was himself. Yeah, sounds about right. And he uh, wanted to make fun of me about darts quite a bit uh, <laughs> at the beginning of the show, which I thought was interesting. Did, did it work? He's terrible at darts, so that's why he. That's why he wanted to make fun of you. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really care whether he was good or not because I knew I was better than him. But I just thought it was interesting that that's the first thing. That's what he wanted to to open with uh, was, was you know, talking to me about, about being bad at darts. But what's Will, up? do you what? think everyone is terrible at darts? Aren't you quite proficient? I'm obviously terrible at darts. That's, that is actually <laughs> critical to being on the team. So uh, <laughs> yeah. you have to, wait, wait, you have to be team? terrible at darts in order to only, oh, only in key you. moments. That's right. You have to, you have to have the chokes bad. Um, or as Brad said, this is my new favorite, uh, my, my new favorite, uh, darts term is he said on tilt. Yeah. He's, you're on tilt. Okay, that's right. Him. Just, uh, but it makes, it makes so much sense in darts. You're just like, yep, you've ceased to function. So yeah. I uh, got that, a little rattled. Can't can't play anymore. Is that so. that's a function of emotionality, or is that a function of uh, inebriation more so? No, it's emotion. A, it's definitely a, the emotion, and, and it, it sounds insane. It's the pressure, but it's true. <laughs> it's, a, it's the pressure. <laughs> We're not going to get into it. Let's just leave it. At, so the most important thoughts is a mental to, game. You have to be able. You have to be able to consistently buckle under the pressure. That's what it takes to be on the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? If pressure? you go to sleep, and when you wake up, <laughs> your win. your bed sheets are clean. There's no place for you on our team. That's right. They need to be fully soiled. Then the, come talk to us. This is then the come talk weirdest to us. dark conversation yeah. I've ever been a part of. Yeah. So a little uh, a little diverted there. But but anyway, but things are good for you, Will? Yeah, I mean. You're in uh, your home state of Colorado, or is it Colorado for you guys? I don't do that. No. Okay. That's, that doesn't sound right you're to Colorado. me. You're yeah. Colorado. Got it. Uh, and did you have anything good while you are out there? Uh, I... Had some foraged currants. That was okay, good. that was good. That was good. Out of hand. No, so I, I was actually rustic. A number of a number of different rustic. things. I, I'm noticing that a lot of Colorado breweries are doing lager, just straight lager now, um, of different types. Bierstadt, mm-hmm. most well, most famously, they have a whole house for it. I was talking yeah. about the more in the regional uh, vein, which is interesting to me that all of them are um, you know releasing lager. Um, and a lot of them were um, good and drinkable. That's, that's nice. Good. So beer for people that like beer. That's um, good. Beer that tastes like beer. That Yeah, I mean, it looks good to me. So. I, I know someone very well. I won't blow them up on, on by name here, but that has always been a, a descriptor of disinterest for them while when drinking beer. Uh-oh. My one of my there you go that came back all right one of my headphones just went out I literally just did it like you did with a TV back in the day a tube TV where you just, just banged it. it that's literally what I just did to the console table 
the uh, my headphones went out. I I hit it with my knee, and it, it worked. It came back. I'm like the Fonz. Very, yeah, very Fonz. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what what you don't know is that the broadcast <coughs> just shut down at the same time. So right. now we're, we're talking to nobody. It's all gonna be lost. But Probably um, for the best. <clears throat> yeah. What, what I was gonna say. Uh, well, I forget what I was gonna say. But you, we're talking about foraging. You just went somewhere, Mike, and had some forage stuff. And I yeah. I have not talked to you about it. Uh, except for just a tiny bit, yep. but I, I want to hear. Can, can you talk a little bit about it? Oh, should we introduce the, the royalty? No, no, here? no skip Absolutely me. Skip me. Skip. It's, skip it's you. Tim. It's not James worth it, guys. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Sorry. No. Very <laughs> beta of you. I, I like it. <laughs> I don't care. No, I don't need yeah. to be. Yeah. I don't deserve to be. No, I'm just happy to be here. You know? How are you, Tim Lang? I'm just fine. Head brewer of Mars yeah, Community yeah. Brewing. Yeah, and royalty. And royalty, the pastry king a lot of, of Chicago. Royalty here today. A lot. A lot of royalty. How are you? Good. Just went up to Traverse City this weekend. Had a beautiful nice. little uh, quick trip up there. But is that possible to, uh, since it takes like fifteen hours yeah, to get there? Yeah. No, it was only five. Not bad. Beautiful drive too. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. Went uh, bounced around there and uh, checked out a few places and checked out the uh, giant dunes there and Hoplot Brewing, which is beautiful, nestled in the woods uh, on beautiful M twenty two. Nice. Just, uh, yeah, kind of stopped around and had a nice uh, outdoor weekend. Is that what the brewery? Is that what the beer M forty three is named after? Is yeah. it named after a road? All the Michigan mind. roads up there are M yeah. whatever. Yep. So sounds like very it. very sounds scenic, like beautiful, windy, hilly roads. Got it. Yep. A lot of bikes and yeah. Now Traverse City is that in the Upper Peninsula? I don't think so. I think yeah. it's like lower end of that. I can't really say for sure, no, it's but it's like maybe the start of it. It's it's kind of mid i'm pretty sure it's on like it's a regular it's definitely on it's regular michigan regular it's just michigan. it's Northern not part of regular michigan yeah okay upper yeah. lower upper lower yeah. yeah there you go upper lower yeah. got it kind of like in delaware yeah, how they're slower lower i'm sure somebody would sure. be pointing to a fingernail type of area yeah, you gotta hold your michigan. hand up you know they're like i don't oh, do that yeah. everyone from michigan does that that's true like, oh, everyone. it's like right it's like right here it's like i don't care <laughs> <laughs> a good answer that's a very good answer when somebody like you should also just try to let share them get about their it's lives. like a route conversation let them get you just two thirds of the way through yeah. the sentence and yeah. just say i don't care yeah. <laughs> great <laughs> um but anyway tell me about your your trip if you don't mind mike yeah so i was in uh in vermont last oh weekend. did you see fitz did you say hi to fitz for me uh he uh yeah i did i saw him a yeah. bunch of bunch of places he told me he wasn't there and then i just saw him <laughs> and he would like run away every other hour it's just like he's like i don't know who that is i'm like fitz i know it's you and he's yeah holding three heady toppers <laughs> handing two of them out and just walks into the woods and disappears yeah and it's like field later, of dreams oh yeah <laughs> just walks <laughs> fits, into fits the of, fits of dreams actually yeah. when i was at, I, I went to hill farms i was there for a wedding but i went to hill farms because i hadn't been to vermont since i was literally one year old and i was like I'm not going to go to Vermont and not go to Hill Farmstead. Mm -hmm. But I texted my parents. I'm like, this place is like the Field of Dreams for beer. The Field of Dreams <laughs> is a big movie in my family. My dad's from Iowa. Like, loves right, baseball. right. I've been to that Field of Dreams. But it's like, it's the Field of Dreams for beer. They're like... Just, just cars coming up in a procession. So many people. Just like maybe two or three hundred people probably. I'm sure this, this... They literally hand you a pamphlet this weekend where it was like, this is a very busy weekend for us. We apologize for like the waits and the things that are going to happen. But... uh so like, please be cool. Like it's essentially what like when you get out of your car, there's a guy handing you a piece of paper that's just like, yeah, it's gonna be busy. Oh, not abnormally busy, just normally busy. No, no, abnormally busy. Oh, because it's Labor Day weekend. Oh, right. So I was right, on like right. Saturday of Labor Day weekend. The last hurrah. Got yeah. to see our, our mutual friend Mike Sardinia. 
yes. for about one second because he was yes. working in the bottle shop and people were just buying mass quantities. Yes. I, I partook in that. You Lots know what they say, direction. all the breweries, they have a, a saying about Fitz up there. And if it's, it's, it is Field of Dreams-esque, uh, <laughs> it's, if you can see through it, he won't come. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that out. I was just going to, as soon as I thought about it, I was going to shoehorn it in at some point. So, um, so I'm uh, glad you got to see Fitz. How were the beers, man? Did uh, it live up to the hype? You know, what hype? Yeah, what hype? <laughs> Uh, uh, so I, when I got there, I first had a grisette and a lager because I, at these days, I hardly ever order things that are like hoppy. And so I was like, yeah, but you got it. Eventually, I was like, you got to have them, right? And yeah, I took a I sip so. of Edward and I was like, oh my God. Edward, <laughs> that's their pale ale yeah. at, at Hill Farmstead, is one of the best beers in the country, it's, if I, not the world. I, yeah. had, I had it, I remember having it at the, the, the first festival, the Shelton Brothers Festival. It was like, I, it, like was noticeable then. It was like it was like seven years ago, maybe the yeah. first festival. But I had it now, and I was like, "Oh, this is the original version of what everyone's making a copy of a copy of a copy mm-hmm. of a copy of." Where it's all it's so it's, good. It's, it's it's so light. The mouthfeel was. <laughs> I don't, I'm gonna geek out. <laughs> you a mouthfeel whore? Are you a flock I, boy? I, I mean, flock for, boy for those beers. Yeah, that it was it was transcendently different than other people's beer, and mm-hmm. I like. And in ways, usually you can like taste beers and be like, "Oh, so I see what they're doing there." I go there. Yeah. But I was like, I have no idea how it, it feels like this. And it's not over. It's not because it's overly complicated, and it's just so many different things coming together into this beautiful way. It's 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 very simple in a lot of ways too. I, I think my favorite Hill Farm beers, anyway. Well, I think it is a lot of things coming together, but it's a lot of like really subtle things. It's like water chemistry, pitching rates, like timing and quality of of the hops like it's just doing everything rawaka <laughs> yeah if you're doing it, a rawaka if you're doing it well everyone Citra. thinks that it's simple but it's in fact in extraordinarily complex yeah. to do pull something that clean and neat off it's it's got to be that i definitely yeah. think it's, it's a lot of things up until that like i had those i was like nah, this, is, this is fine it's beautiful here the beers are really well made and then i had that and i was like Oh, oh! I get it now. I get why everyone's coming. And here. Anna and Arthur are the same way in in very different styles, I would say. But yeah. I mean, those are just great farmhouse sales, and yeah, the guy they can they can brew some beer up yeah, there. It's it's it was great. Um, and you had some uh, Wunderkammer. Yeah. yeah, I went to uh, Parker Pie, which is like a yeah. pizza restaurant around there, and they had bottles of Wunderkammer. They had one like nice. But they had one that was uh, on the menu that I can't quite remember what it was. But what it, they didn't have that one. But I got one that was with forage sumac, mm-hmm. and it was just like the most perfect little awesome. beer. Uh, like it was not overly tart. It was like refreshing. It was yeah. complex and simple, and like all the things you want from that type of thing. Yeah, and it was clean for which is weird to say for like a mixed culture mm-hmm. beer with stuff that was pulled out of the woods but it really was it was like succinct like it had did what it did and then it did it perfectly and then it just kind of dissipated in your mouth it was, that's cool and then i later at my after the my, i was there for my friend's wedding and they had their after party at a craft beer bar in manchester vermont and i was like that was a couple sheets to the wind at that point where like was waiting in line to order a beer at the bar and they had bottles of wonder 
And I just like picked them up and took both of them <laughs> and brought it because it was like a slashy for sure. Yeah. Like to, to go and have them. And I was like, can you chill this one down? And I just put the other one in my suit jacket pocket. Yeah. And I was like, brought it home. Like, uh, oh, you were at a wedding, right? Yeah. So I was like, yeah. Why else would I be wearing a suit or a suit three times? You're wearing a suit now. Yeah. But you look it's really a good. Different thing. This is like a full tuxedo. Right. Yeah. I wear my formal wear for the, the radio show. No one really knows that, but mm-hmm. every time it's a real whole, whole ordeal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not a black you, – you have a red tie on because it's not a formal – it's not black tie right. affair. I, it's also it's after Labor Day. Yeah, so. right. I can't wear the white tuxedo. I also think people don't really get the behind-the-scenes after-hour kind of version of this where I berate everyone else here for not wearing a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. It really is. Every time. It, yeah, it's like, it really builds I like how you have the old-fashioned, like, cumberbund thing that's its own thing and when you get really angry it, it rolls like, up yeah it, it rolls like up a like, a, yeah, like, like a yeah like windows that don't exist anymore yeah like yeah. one of those things yeah and you have yeah. to like push it back down and continue your out. thought yeah yeah i like to since this is such a visual medium i like to have a lot of cues for how i'm feeling mm-hmm. yeah that's good but yeah i had a great time in, uh, in vermont <laughs> good it was it lived up to the hype that's awesome yeah um, did you have any stuff other than Hill Farm from around there? Foam. Everyone's talking about how great foam is out there. No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I, I only had a couple of like a, a day to be up there. I stayed up in that area, and you got to drive everywhere. So I was like, <laughs> I'm not can't. I'm not really going to go touring. So let's get some more beer. We're not going to be taking a station ID break, but why don't we go back to you, King, and uh, any beers you've had lately that you've uh, enjoyed, or any beers that you're looking forward to having. Uh, had a we did a little release at the brewery with um, Second Shift. We did a apple fermented uh, wine barrel fermented thing that we blended together, um, and did a little release there. So they brought a bunch of stuff and got to try their La Colina. It was really awesome. I think it was a fooder fermented saison, maybe. Anyway, wood fermented saison, uh, very very good. Just nice uh, little tartness to it. I've been liking those kind of little uh, tart saisons with the phenolics and stuff lately. Just kind of brightens everything up and. With or without hops, I really enjoy those. Nice. That was a really nice one. That's cool. Yeah. Um, how about how about you, uh, Will? Well, lots, lots of lagers. Lots of lagers. Lots of lagers. Lots of lagers. I think from Jarhundert from Einger might be the world's greatest beer. It, it's it's so, exceptionally good. It makes good. me just extremely upset every time I have it because it's just so perfectly done. But I don't have access to Hill Now, Farmstead, personalized so calls to action. Today, there's some in the cooler. But Ooh, Nice. Personalized calls to action are allowed. So the lager game at at, uh, my bar right now is as strong as it's ever been. We have Iyengar Oktoberfest. We have unfiltered Einbecker Pills, which is amazing. And we have the Weichstefan 1516. And all of that is on draft. And it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. We also have a mixed culture... Uh, lager from Half Acre. If you want to start getting weird with the lagers we have on, yeah, it's we have some really amazing. We have the best array of lagers I think we've ever had on, and and arguably, you know, I'm, I'm one of those might be one of the best lagers we've ever put on. I mean, but and it's a hazy beer. I, I don't know. <clears throat> That's true, uh, but for the the thing that I drank recently that was notable, I forgot. It's been a while since I've been on the show. I forgot about this. I was at the Great Taste. Hmm. I think you know this story, Tim. Which mm-hmm. which Great Taste uh, of the Midwest? Oh, uh, not, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the Midwestern. Yeah, not of Chicago. 
and uh, I wasn't having, you know, miniature size. bites of uh, ribs or whatever. Um, How do they get the pigs so small? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, don't ask Tim. He's a huge pig. Huge. Um, but what I... <laughs> What happened was I was uh, went up there with Off Color, and I was going to help them pour. And uh, it was sounds dangerous. Quickly apparent that I so I had it was I had to do like the last two hours of the of the fest, right? And uh, it was becoming obvious that they, you know, well, I I wanted to control myself. I didn't want to have too much beer. I didn't want to be a raging some railroad tracks. Exactly. That was not (laughs) inebriation. That was a different kind of inebriation. Uh, And something happened again. I was kind of bamboozled (laughs) again. So this sounds self-inflicted by the way. You went to the off-color zone. They they gave me a ticket. That's I was pouring for them. Okay. So then they have these porones, which if you guys don't know what those are. Uh oh. If you don't know what a pour-on is, it's it's kind of like a, a pitcher for pouring wine or cider or anything liquid, really. <laughs> Straight into that puts the be- uh, it puts out a very thin bead of liquid, so nice you can stream. drink it. Yeah, direct a stream that you can just slurp right up. And what happens is, um, so I, I and I I they always have it. It's like their thing. That they do, it's very, very funny. The point of the pitcher is to drink it straight out of the pitcher. Yeah, that is right the point. It's not supposed to go into a glass. Right. It's it's literally made to be drank directly from the pitcher. So they asked me, "Do you want to do a Peron?" Okay, fine. Uh, they pour it for me, uh, and I, you know, I drank to like you know my mouth got full and I couldn't drink anymore. It's probably like a yeah. table beer or something, right? Yes, exactly. And then they're like, whoa, that's a lot. The, yeah, so the, the guy who was pouring, the, the person will go unnamed, whose name is Kirk, uh, said, <laughs> oh, that's a lot. Uh, I was like, oh, really? That, that wasn't that much. He's like, here, do another one. I drank another one. And then there was a woman who says, oh, my gosh, I, I can't believe I just saw that. And I looked and I asked, I said, what? And, and she said, that's sake. And Kirk says, yeah, that's like 20% alcohol. And I realized that I had just done 16 to 20 ounces <laughs> of 20% sake. <laughs> yeah, 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 cannot, for real. Good palate. Uh-oh. <laughs> cannot tell yeah. who's drinking 20% yeah. alcohol. Yeah, no, I mean, and it, I, you just have to trust me. I had no idea. I got quite Good ticked night. off. Yeah. Ticked off. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I have 45 minutes now, and I'm going to go from zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> To uh, paraphrase uh, Drake, and that's Whoa. exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And um, I would be angry at, more angry at Kirk, but he quickly uh, tried to give himself uh, a Perone, and uh, I-, I can only equate it to the scene in Goonies where Chunk <laughs> tries to drink from the water jug and it just squirts right into his own eye because he poured a bead of sake directly into his own eye. <laughs> And then stumbled backwards and and passed out. Uh, so <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this is it's it's essentially my own fault for for multiple reasons. Um, never mind that I went up to Wisconsin with my mother and two children and had to basically yeah. So the next thing I remember is John Laffler collects me and uh, finds me kind of wandering. Uh, later, somebody said, yeah, I saw you walking kind of dead-eyed around the, the grounds. <laughs> Great. Great. Just exactly like a, what I want to hear. like a trail of people going, Daddy, Daddy, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. And then 
John, uh, thankfully, says, hey, you doing all right, man? I said, no, <laughs> I'm not doing all right. He says, here, come on, let's let's go back. And he gives you another Perone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perone, exactly. you got to get all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's a nice troublesome rinse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, he sits me down, very nice. He's like, here, sit down, you know, chill out here. Fell asleep in the chair. Somebody else wakes me up. Uh, you know, look, how are you doing okay, man? No, I'm not. You want to ride home? Yes, I do. <laughs> Walked me all the way to their car. Fest was still going on. They left the fest early, gave me a ride 20 minutes to my hotel, where then I had to explain to my mother, who was watching the kids, <laughs> uh, what had happened. And then I sat by the pool. No, no, mom. And, it's a Perot. And it's a cool thing. I didn't know. out while they were playing in the pool. Uh, I have a very understanding mother wow. who believed me. And... Um, yeah, so uh, thanks to Off Color uh, for that one. <laughs> Good so, that doozy. so long story short, what you've been liking and enjoying recently is sake. mouthfuls okay. of sake. Mouthfuls of sake is what I is what I like. Uh, it's also amazing that you know when you're drinking in that fashion, you don't really taste what it's you're just drinking. Kind of going straight down. Just going yeah. straight down, yeah. or you know, yeah. you know how it is when yep. you're drinking yep. straight from the tap. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that's that's me. Has anyone else want to talk about a beer that they've had I lately? Think, I think we can file that one under every single person that's ever been to Great Taste's, uh, you know, story. This this happens. It's yeah, it's like that. It happens. It's just like that. <sighs> yeah. It's a rite of passage, Chris. But the thing is, upset me was there's a lot of other things that happened that weekend that I now the last two times I've been, you know, I'm just unconscious for. And that's not typically how I like to. <laughs> it's not how you operate. It's not how I. Yeah, yeah. it's not how I like to. <laughs> wait, to, to wait what act, happened yeah. last year? No, it was like I skipped two years. Last year I was oh, in oh. Denmark with uh, this little we guy had, right here. Had a good time. And then the year before I couldn't go because of something. And the time before that, uh, friend of the show. Uh, let's just say <clears throat> a brother him. of I know, yours. I know him well. Yeah. Uh, asked me if i ever if i wanted to if i was hungry but and i was like yeah and then i ate something and it didn't agree with me when he when he gave you a tiny yeah yeah centimeter by centimeter brownie let's say imagine like like, if somebody gives you a hershey bar and you're supposed to break off one of the squares and you just (laughs) augustus gloop it and eat the whole thing all ten and then the person hands looks to the person (laughs) that they're with and says oh my gosh you just ate the whole thing And then you find yourself in a field <laughs> later in the night with the sun setting and your phone dying, not knowing where you are and not being able to get an Uber. You're like, ah, because I'll get an Uber. I get it. And then you look and you're like, oh, wait, I'm not by any roads. <laughs> this is- <laughs> <laughs> where were your kids at that point? Worse. Yeah, my this kids at least This is not my home. phone. This is a mushroom that I foraged 20 minutes ago. I mean, that's basically it. I did. I called <laughs> my wife. I couldn't. I I. It took a lot of work to call her, uh, and I basically said my goodbyes <laughs> to her. You accidentally called your mother instead, so she yeah, already right? was in the uh, yes. in the. She knows. Know, she knew habit of knowing uh, that Chris is going to have a lot of excuses tonight. I'm ready for whatever's coming at me. So yeah. then she maybe this loving woman lets you go to Amsterdam. Yeah, two later. maybe you need like a buddy system, or a chaperone. It's true. In Colorado, like you just uh, you're off the leash, man. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Um. So, seltzer. What do yeah, you want, what yeah. do you want to say? Uh, yeah. really? Is it doing okay. well? Go, tell us about it. Okay. How about this? What do you guys? You want to talk about? Well, what, what do you want to talk about, Mike? 
Honestly. I don't I need to think about seltzer. Oh, this whole boy. show has just become seltzer talk. <laughs> and it's true. Let's talk about, let's it's talk about is it what the fans is it what the twenty fans want or what do they want? It's doing well. It's not stealing that much market share from smaller craft breweries, maybe larger ones. So now I said what do you want to talk about? And you've talked about nothing but seltzer since See? I asked you that since question. Right, I'm running it down so we can get through it. And uh, it's selling well. Those are the three things. And it's clear. And no one and none of us seem to really care what it tastes like. It tastes like what it tastes like. And there's not a single Nobody cares seltzer what it like. in that cooler right now. Not a single one. That's right. I'm proud of us. There, not may, one. there may be a couple in there. What do you think about... So I had multiple Man. people send me a picture, including um, Stephen K., uh, who uh, sent a, a photo, a listener. One of the 20, uh, according to you, Mr. Strong. <laughs> um, that was me, actually. And, <laughs> that was uh, me. I've said before. <clears throat> and... Uh, they're selling it for at Walgreens a dollar ninety nine. So after a mail in rebate. After a mail in rebate. So what do you think the overlap of White Claw drinkers and people that know where to buy stamps is? <laughs> and um, also people that actually go for mail in rebates. Right. That's a, yeah. that's right. A, that's a whole other level. Yeah. Could, yeah. Like, well, so one one person got their one dollar White Claws. I mean, I'm sure some people bring it into the office and and steal the postage from there and. Uh, the point is, um, to all the craft uh, breweries who are looking to get into the seltzer game, good luck. Good I luck. Dollar ninety nine, twelve packs. Good luck. Yep. Yeah, that would be. Uh, <laughs> be there it is. You know, and they're they're stacked ours in the produce. Better. That's ours. Ours tastes better. Their products are stacked in the produce section, guys. That's like how can well, you it, that? it does have. Re- it has vitamins yeah. and mm-hmm. it has it's, it's clear. not just alcohol and water does it have vitamins it's chock full of vitamins you name, can get a, th- name three vitamins that are in it <laughs> a b c whatever whatever's in corn it. it's in spindrift and, it's not real b b12 also b mm-hmm. b12 that's a good full, one. That's full a really of vitamins good. amazing yeah. hollertau blanc hops depending on the varietal just sure. the, yeah uh, or the maker wait what who puts hollertau blanc hops in there? all truly yep. all truly say all truly seltzers have hollertau blanc uh listed <laughs> in the ingredients it's <laughs> true oh my God. it's true i like that it doesn't just say hops this yeah is it the says the varietal yeah i mean that would be like it's saying like the the heirloom name of the tomato right I mean, how many heirloom well, tomatoes? Let's like, name heirloom they, tomatoes. They well, like, come beef, on, but but that's beef. you know what? But that's the <laughs> same. Th- that's the same thing uh, as what most or many many I would say most white claw drinkers would say about hops is well, us saying how what what name an heirloom it, tomato varietal. I mean, like I can they, I can name tomatoes because I can say so. Here we are plum, talking about cherry beef steak. Do we want to go down this road? We should just all <laughs> just take a moment and and talk take more. stock of where we are. <clears throat> We're about to go down this road. Is I'm there anything else we road. can talk? I'm about? happy. I'll go down this road. I'm all just right. saying. Right, Mike, Mike said he didn't want to go down well, this road. I, I so. got a, we'll save it for later. I got a forward, uh, an advanced copy of Dan Pichet's new article that's going to be in Mashtown. Yeah, that's a good seltzer. Uh, it's all about seltzer. No, it's mostly about like uh, like the new style of, of slow growth being uh, what should be the goal of breweries opening now or starting now. Uh, and it had a few main points which were had to deal with. Uh, I'm sure it'll come on do it much better than I do, but uh, slow growth and how you know debt is going to be a more difficult thing for these breweries to take on because it's not patient capital. Uh, then because it's not going to be. 
uh, well, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you have to start paying back your loan. Uh, yeah. Then it was a, there's a section about how he sees um, like clubs and like like members only style uh, groups as being a boon for breweries like this, where if they want to start a barrel program, that they would need to do this members only thing to end. I was thinking a lot about uh, high fidelity, like uh, people just coming in. Yeah, just people coming in and just being like, I'm sorry, you can't buy that beer. You're not <laughs> cool enough. You don't get that. You don't get to drink that. <laughs> I think that that's uh, probably where beer nerd culture is, is heading eventually. It, it sounds. Yeah. I'm sorry, you don't get that. What Dan is saying sounds a lot like what Ray Daniels said maybe a year or so ago. Which is, it should just be the small winery model, which is exactly what they do. They have clubs, and they charge often, I would say, insane amounts of money for... So, Boston Joe, friend of the show, was with him a little while back, and he talked about how he had heard from a friend who, you know, likes good wine, that there's this great wine winery, you should try to get in on their membership list. Screaming Eagle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And um, it's called like uh, uh, Kupkak, Kup Kupkake, yeah, cup, something like that. You said it right. That was yeah. that was good. That was good. Yeah, it yeah. Wait, so really? <laughs> no, oh, okay. Um, it's C U P C A K E. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. And uh, but anyway, it he so he got into the reserve thing. Like, hey, congratulations! You've you've made it. And then he realized what what he got, what he'd won, and what he had won by winning the lottery to get into the into the group was the um, ability to buy three bottles of wine for six hundred dollars, not including no total, not including tax or shipping. So for two hundred dollars a bottle. They're, they won't throw in free shipping for you. <laughs> that's no great wine. And he's I mean, like, I aren't I lucky? Taste, but I, aren't I, I lucky? Well, that's an extreme that to which I don't really see beer ever getting. I mean, that's hilarious. And that and more power to wineries for <laughs> convincing people that that's something. Yeah. They should be to, to his credit, Joe, Boston Joe, told, uh, well, yeah, he told them what they could do with with that, and yeah. said, "Yeah, no, thanks, but no thanks." Right? Uh, I yeah. Well, that's like season tickets to the Bears, yeah. you know. But but the whole thing, the whole thing. But there are breweries who are doing very money. much the same thing in concept, if not for the same amount of dollars. They are saying, uh, "You're so lucky that you're in this rarefied air that you get to now." spend a lot of money on this beer. And I mean that's one of the the tropes that like don't don't drink beer always jokes about is like overpriced non-barrel aged adjunct stouts. And I would put that in the same yeah. in the same area as these insanely overpriced um you know boutique wine labels. Sure. Um what? it's the same thing. It's it's very limited. It's and and but with beer, because we, well, we're having this conversation, it's artificial. Beer. It's it's more artificial than than the wine. For sure, there's only that's, so. That's it, I think totally, entirely subjective. You don't know about the. You're, that's 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 your perception uh, without knowing of the no, no, wine no, or not, of the beer. That's probably, no, 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 that's not true physically. What are if you they wanted, about? If they physically? wanted to make more beer, more adjunct stout, they could make more adjunct stout much more easily. They're than making as small. much adjunct stout as they can sell. I guarantee you. 
uh, no, at but, that but price there is point and keep, and right. keep the exactly right. Yeah, there's yeah, a, right. But there's a physical limit on the amount of space a winery has to grow grapes. But that's definitely true. However, I mean, a lot of wineries aren't going to be limited by that. So it just depends on what the. the but the ones that are but, charging two hundred dollars a bottle or screaming. Yeah, but here's what they do. He was. I was. So here's what Joe and I were talking about. Is he? He was kind of looking through their products, and and we kind of came to this this conclusion or or this uh, kind of hypothesis that what they're doing is essentially taking a certain amount of their um, they're making a lot of very small bottlings and kind of making a, kind of like a wine salad to make a whole bunch of different tiny little bottlings, each one with a very small bottle count. So it's like this much is from this vineyard, that much is from that vineyard, this much is from this vineyard, that one is a late harvest, this one is, uh, and then the rest will maybe release next year so or the, in two years. And then they'll do special cuvées with other, you know, so they're just making tiny little batches with a larger quantity so everything is always limited and they can always charge more for it and it's in a way i mean it's it's certainly capitalistic i would say it's it's a little bit gaming the system but hey man like you said mike more power to them if they're doing it um these guys it's by hook or by crook man whatever whatever (laughs) it takes to if you want to operate a, a winery and you're not just doing it to just sink money into a, a hobby it, it's you know you got to figure out how to make it work and i think you know and it is disposable income it's not like this is jug wine or yeah. or anything like that this is pure disposable income for those who can afford to do it well and, and i would argue that those you know, 200 dollars bottles of wine are worth that if that's what people are paying for them if they're that good i mean honestly i if i could if i could pay if i were the sort of person that bought 200 dollars bottles of wine and i could i was like this wine is killer and it's 50 guess what i'm gonna buy four bottles of instead of that 200 exactly bottle of wine. I mean, that's just that's my opinion but I uh, so if they're able to survive doing that, it's just like let them let them do it. And at the same time, all the breweries that are uh, that are maxing out the non the you know the non barrel aged adjunct stouts, it's like do that if that's what if that's what makes sense for you. I'm all about it. You know. Do you see that market continuing the non adjunct stout well, high look, price point exclusive? I think that I think <laughs> that a lot of things that have been possible are going to become less and less possible. As the market matures, and certainly I think that I would make the argument that Chicago is perhaps the most mature beer market in the country, uh, I think that a lot of these shenanigans are going to be less and less tolerated by uh, a more knowledgeable and educated beer consumer. That's just – that's got to be the trend. What do you think drives people going to buy that non-barrel-age adjunct stat? Can I, can I just put a little twist on that and take it away from non-barrel-aged – adjunct stouts and how long will that last what about just expanding it slightly and saying how long will the um artificially scarce limited run go because it it might go away from from the non-barrel aged adjunct stouts to something else that is essentially the same thing you're talking about like the the presentation of a like a release day with like this is how many bottles we have for my grisette like, and your my adjunct grisette sure. or or my sour or or sure. something like that but, but positioning it as this is a rare thing and you it's, it's valuable because it's rare not because it's 
the, the quality of the beer yes. being the center point of it? Well, I don't think people are – I don't think anyone's playing that. I think they're saying that these well, are their most special beers. Sure. But the, there are – there's – And you and maybe I and maybe other people, maybe, allegedly, <laughs> are saying that these breweries maybe don't think that their highest-priced beers are their finest beers – Um, and they're not limited by the number of barrels they were able to get or something actual, the number of, you know, special, super special vanilla beans they were able to get that, you know, no, but for real, like I think people may want to know that it's not limited by the amount of adjunct they were able to put in. You know, it, it is limited by how much they thought they could sell. Like, like it is limited, like to, to Will's point. Um, but they're also not very smart beers to brew. They're low yield, you know, long boil times potentially. Um, not cheap to make. Tons of expensive potential adjuncts. You know, if you're going to use like whatever dried freeze dried strawberry powder or whatever, you could really rack up the cost pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so for revenue perspective, maple syrup not, is expensive. Yeah, very expensive. really good maple syrup is not cheap. So is maple syrup extract. Yeah. So I mean. To do it really well and spend some money on the ingredients, you, it's not very smart to make. So there is some validity to the price, and that I think sort of limits also the volume that's out there. Okay, um, you know it's going to grow uh, with everything. But yeah, I mean, why are we talking? We've got the pastry king. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm here, guys. Let's talk. I mean, we're basically talking about him without looking at him. Yeah, yeah but that's I not was looking a, right in his eyes. The that's whole true. Time. You were you're talking drinking about. a crispy lager. I, I, thought, yeah. I thought you were maybe, flirting with him. I didn't know what was going on. Maybe per like style of beer we're talking about. What we were talking about is a release style and like a totally a like technique of gussying up. Well, I think that the perception is for the for the consumer in that case that those were not beers for drinking. And that is something that I am ultimately against. I think that people should have beer is for drinking, and that's what it should be used and purchased to well, do. Well, moral so. oppositions aside, which I happen to agree with you on, how long can you sell beers that aren't for drinking? Like, other than just, like, you can't have two this, of them, it's like the price. This, one, unfortunately, are they for trading? Are they for selling? This is, yeah. Well, they are, they're, I would say, primarily for trading. Um, so the, the main thing is this will persist as long as the market decides that that's what it's doing. And as long as there's a black market there and it's happening, people will do it. It's, how long do you think that sustains, though? How many people do you know, you know that have a, quote, unquote, beer seller and I, it's like, I've got forty-five Black Tuesdays. <laughs> I know, I know, plenty of people that have beer Let's party, that, I, and I'm one of them. Beer that I've collected over time. I think we're all have, one of those people. Yeah, yeah. but at not the same me. time, I'm not trying to accumulate <laughs> more beer. Dust? I only want to. I, it's different. Like, it's a all the beer that I have, I want to get rid of it. It's yeah. beer is for drinking. I don't want to have. It uh, is for drinking, but yeah. it's for drinking in in different ways. To be fair, and some of them are for drinking on special occasions. Yeah. I think what's happened is there are way too many special occasion beers and i mean guy well, people but i would say guys especially they like to buy this is the pro like side. fun little like toys and gizmos and Look stuff like I that have. and this is the same as that like yeah. they want to buy something cool with a little wax top that has a vintage number and a bottle number and this and that and again like maybe a sticker D- on the label ddb nails it when he says you know and then he you know, brings you bring that bottle out to anybody else but your immediate circle of <laughs> like-minded thinkers, and they look at you like you are the loser you are. Total loser. <laughs> yeah, which you are, which you are. And 
and be like, oh, cool, you waited how long? Oh, that's what you did with your day. Huh. I resanded my deck. But anyway, that's cool. Well done. Well done. That's great. That's a great beer you got there. Um, <laughs> that you can have three ounces of before you're drunk. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know. I think we should be that, – that might be true in a stereotypical way. But before yeah, we trash we all the – Trash all the beer nerds. I <laughs> we're half hope, kidding. Like, oh, come look, on. Look, look, we're all we're making fun of ourselves. There yeah. is a there is a class of people that I would say is like that, but I would say that there's I gotta be there I in my mind when I think about the best case scenario, um I've gotta believe that there are definitely people that are, you know, drinking uh beers like that uh with their with their family or with their, you know, uh, or, or maybe just going home and just taking the whole thing down themselves. Just doming like, it. Yeah, like straight to the dome, man. And I, I, I think that those are the real heroes because if you're drinking the beer, I don't care how you're doming doing Doming pastry yeah. stouts uh, by yourself. That's right. Those are the you're, he- you are heard the it here hero. first. Going to bed and sweating. The, yeah. This is Will Moore's, to the audience. Will Moore's <laughs> definition of a hero is somebody who domes pastry stouts by themselves at yeah. home. No, if you're going to a beer, I would, I would just – I, let's put this in context. If you're going to a beer release and waiting in line for a limited release beer that you then go home and drink by yourself, you could trade you for a fine a bottle of bourbon. Yeah, it's listen, true. but this yeah. is not. This is not you can about sell that bourbon. Well, bourbon. <laughs> bourbon. Wait, say this is not about what? Huh? This is definitely not about bourbon. No, it's definitely not. About no, I mean bourbon is bourbon. is like if we want to talk about hierarchy of whiskeys. Unfortunately, just down the totem pole quite a bit. Uh oh. Great Those barrels. Fighting words. Yeah. Let's let's not go there. Speaking of barrels. Yeah. Guy, Speaking of barrels. Yes. You want to talk about some uh, BCS variants? I mean it was on the notes. I'm just trying to yeah. follow your track. I hear you. I don't know. Well done, man. Yeah. Nice segue. It seemed like it was good right there. Uh, so what do you think, guys? What do you think of the new BCS variants? Not maybe specifically, but the tone of the BCS variants that they're they're doing. Um love it. I I like it too. Yep. I like I, I that they're no going this going way. On. Oh. Somebody's meant to catch me up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, essentially, they are going from an adjunct focus generally to a barrel selection focus. Love it. Yeah, into it. That's yeah. A, that's a great idea, um, especially because they have the capital to get whatever barrels they want. Yeah. I think that this is derivative, um, but probably a good. I mean, Fifty Fifty's been doing this for a while. With the clips. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have been. Mm, yeah. Totally. No, I mean, I agree with you, but I don't... Th- like, 50-50 was doing a bunch of different bourbon barrels for the most part, which is fine. Yeah, no, they've done rye. They did apple... They, they definitely expanded. Mm-hmm. They've expanded since then. And think about how this opens things up for... To play this rarity game... For Goose Island, because now they can do this year. It's just the barrels, right? Then it'll be what, what, which one? They're going to look at untapped. Undoubtedly, they're going to look at untapped and see which one did the best, right? Which one got the most bottle caps? You know, which one got the most waxed bottle caps, right? <laughs> and then you do a double barrel with adjuncts. Ig- Ding 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 Boom. ding 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 ding! How much you want to bet? How much? And then they're going to do it with Wait a, minute. a different you, one the next year. Are you saying that the largest beer company in the world uses data to determine <laughs> their decisions about to what to try to sell? People? Yeah, yeah, That's, totally. 
Why would they do know. that? That's crazy. No, I think they're they're thinking. I think they're already on to how they're going to use this to extend the game a little more because it was getting a little bit like adjunct salad. Um, they were jumping the shark a little bit with with how many different crazy adjuncts they were doing, but I think bringing it back to the barrel, and then they can just iterate on it, and it'll be another four years until they're doing super crazy double barrel, triple barrel with adjuncts and this and that, and people are just going to lose their minds because, you know, no one's ever had the the single Willet barrel with vanilla. They've only had the, you know, um, Four Roses with vanilla. Or and you know that the, the one that is the best is the one that your friend had and you didn't have it's true well everyone knows that yeah obviously yeah um it makes sense too marketing wise there's a huge uh you know the bourbon market's just insane right now so there's tons of people i think more than ever that know a lot about barrels and bourbons and they're gonna get even more geeked about those products yep 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 Yep. um i also would much rather see them doing this type of thing than just adjuncts. Bunch more adjuncts in there. Why is it's, that? There's, I feel like there's no matter what anyone says, there's less nuance to doing the adjunct route. Like there's like you're not going to taste drink. You're not drinking BCS. You're drinking this other thing. You're drinking away from whatever their brand is. But now you're mm-hmm. drinking BCS in these different barrels, which is kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. We've had a few single barrels uh, one way or another at the brewery, and uh, just seeing how those stouts aged, uh, you know, the same batches in different barrels, it, it is really cool. It's it's completely different. There can be just. Yeah insanely different mouthfeels and flavors and finishes from just the oak it's uh it's a good i didn't good read the article are they actually single barrels or is it like this is all in willet barrels and this is all in heaven hill barrels and this i'm is not all. sure what they're gonna yes do. it's that it's that because yes. i think the, the the biggest thing is still blending for the, uh, anything like that there's it's very rare in my experience of tasting a lot of barrels and blending stuff that you have a single barrel of beer that is so much better than the, the overall blend of a bunch of them together. Oh, yeah, they're well, just doing different varietals. I mean, yeah. just yeah. The, the palate fatigue alone of that, so if, if you actually, I mean, that's a lot of tasting to, uh, sure. to get after. So, but, I mean, especially, man, they have so many bar- barrels. <laughs> Could well, you imagine right, right. that? It's well, crazy. There, there are many times at Pipeworks that I would have the idea in my head that we got these rare barrels. Like the first time a Jones Dog not the first, the second time we made Jones Dog, we had these 35-year-old Heaven Hill barrels. And I was like, well, we're going to release the 35-year-old one alone, right? And I was like, well, and then the rules that made was only if it's better than the blend with the 12-year-old Elijah Craig. And it wasn't. It was much better when there was 12-year-old Elijah Craig in it. Uh, Ooh, I had an idea. I have an idea. Sorry. We did the same thing with Brown and Sturd, which was like we had three different types of, we had uh, Willet barrel, rye barrels, we had Rittenhouse rye barrels, and then we had Dad's Hat vermouth finished rye barrels. The idea was to release them all separately and maybe do a small blend. But what we end, and it was like only if the, them individually is actually more interesting than the blend, and it wasn't. So mm-hmm. the more like I, I taste stuff like that, uh, the more I'm convinced blending is like the the way to make a better product. Yeah. Well, they're also doing uh, vertical packs, like three year vertical packs That's this cool. year as well, right? Yeah. Um, so. I think that that is going to be, I think, give rise to them going back to multi-packs. I think they're going to go back to four-packs, personally. Um, I thought it was a mistake to go to 500 mil single bottles, but I'm sure that they'll laugh and say, why? We made a ton of it, and then we're just going to go back to four-packs. It's not a big deal. Um, If they could go to somehow like a closed-box pack 
which they probably could, then what they can do is have single barrel gems hidden in there. So, you, so it was like Pokemon. You got to get them all. Uh-huh. But the only way to yeah, get the only way to get the Willet one, the Willet twenty three year old that was Stitzel Weller stock, is if you buy five base bourbon counties. <laughs> but not even like you have to open them, and then maybe one in a hundred four packs will have mm-hmm. one of those bottles. And do you think that it? there will be people? Dig, you know, digging through all of these boxes, and then then all of the people at Benny's have to like lock it down and have oh, like yeah. have security on. Once the they hand sell that multi pack to a Benny, oh, they're on. opening this them is, up and selling them as individual. I bottles. think that you just we, look. Let's just be let's be reasonable. Charge people whatever they're willing to pay for that particular bottle. Well, who cares? Like, but I think legal? as you can, can you get that? that much money, what? you can, can you do that legally. What? Can you just say give me for alcohol? Can you say give me as much money as whoever says the highest number? That's how much this costs. Well, I, I mean, a brewery I can't. To, I don't think a brewery can. I think do that. you can. I don't think you can. I think you legally have to have a set price. Right, I but think yeah. we should probably know. know this. We're the insiders. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. I think I'm, you do. I think there's arcane. There's definitely uh, obscure well, in Chicago, pricing laws. You can't change the price it during normal. You have to That's have. True. The, you have to declare the price first. Yes. I, I mean, so, yeah, I, I think that there's probably ways to get around that. I still razzles. think the old. Raffles. Yeah, Razzles. yeah, Razzles. They're they're Razzles. very above board. Yeah. Um. But I I do think this you know baseball card upper deck super limited card thing inside the pack foil insert could go foil insert could I mean beer could go that way and Goose Island is the one who would have the ability to pull that off. They'd have to have some sort of like seals on them that tamper proof seals, child proof seals there. Uh. So, you know, people, so the children at Benny's don't get in there and, and mess with it. Uh, it's, it's an interesting, like, it, it's interesting just to think. To go to the retailer and be like, you can sell these six packs for this amount if you, like, don't break them down. Or you can just, like, if you find one of these rare bottles, you have to sell it for this amount to make up for the fact but that. But they're going to make more money if they don't open them. The right. stores well, will make more money because people will want it. It is a razzle. Well, it, it's yeah. a razzle. Yeah. I'm going to have a $1,000 bottle. All I have to do is buy this $35 four pack and just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just like a razzle. But what, what For would, $35, what I got a $1,000 bottle. What, what would keep it, the, it is a razzle. What would keep the retailer? We're doing though. this, guys. All right, this show's no, never re- going on the air. The retailer we're doing obviously this. would be Delete. the person that you, you can't, uh, that would be difficult to include in this a whole transaction right why would basically break them out and well, that's exactly like, I, right i got one exactly now right it's, now it's three thousand dollars and you don't have to worry about and now i will sell all of these other ones and there, it is and what it is i mean i, I suppose Target's there are gonna ways have a lot of, of rare beers so many <laughs> well i i think that once again beer is for drinking and this is nonsense that's that's <laughs> the that is the moral of the so story. back to hard seltzer yeah, yeah. Back, no. back to the most important thing Hard Back seltzer. to things that are made for drinking. Mm-hmm. There's no no doubt about it. That's what hard seltzer's for, man. <sighs> Tell me, it's for drinking. Mm-hmm. And don't you Killing think that the, the reason that this is uh, the, this has happened is because we're not okay. We can't. We're not doing hard seltzer. We're right not now. doing. Not you know what? You know what, guys? Let's just let's. Uh, it's it. I'm done talking about it. I don't care what anyone else has to say. That's it. I'm ready to take a break. Jamie, you've been here the whole time. Thank you for for just manning the board silently like this. Is there any way? I've had enough that you could put on some some music, maybe ten minutes, uh, anything but from your accursed metal show that you always play music from. Uh, I'd I'd really appreciate it if you could do that. Yeah, some and cranberries then, maybe or something. And then after Ooh. that, we'll we'll come back. 
with more of the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. Welcome back to the Beer Temple Insiders Roundtable. I am your host, Chris Quinn. I am I am joined by my guests, the pastry king of Chicago, Mr. Tim Lang, Sir William Charles Moore, the prince of drinkable beer, and of course, Mr. Strong. Uh, I don't really have a nickname for him. His name is uh, Mike Strong, and uh, he's here. <laughs> uh, and also, Jamie, who spent, I have to say, the entire uh, break diligently looking for the lost piece of mail, uh, which I'm sure he's found now. Um, so um, I'm, I'm just, as soon as he hands it over to me, which I'm sure is coming any moment, I will read it. But uh, until then, we have a lot of um, we have a lot of letters which you can't get to, even though one of them uh, starts out, "Dear denizens, denizens of dust," and and, then what and closes, "Yours in dust, Matt." What's in the middle? A lot of stuff, but it's about seltzer, so yeah. I can't bring yeah. it up. Well, that guy Thank doesn't you. love dust. Yeah. Just let me say, there's no one's gonna keep White Claw can tabs. No, I take it Apocalypse back. Apocalypse hits. I take it back. I take it back. Okay. So, um, let's 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 read a letter. Let's right? Read a letter. That's what, from Matt. Right. Hi, Matt. Hey, Matt. So, Matt writes, "Dear denizens of dust." A little spoil, bit of a spoiler there. Before I told you it was gonna start that way. Long time listener. First time electronic letter sender. First off, I want to give thanks for making my uh, weekend long. I did not edit this one. <laughs> I sometimes edit the letters. My weekend long runs more enjoyable. The five minute window of beer related discussion between switching topics back to seltzer is truly <laughs> the highlight of my week. Well done. Yeah, he did. He did. He put a little TM in there. Yeah. Nice. Uh, a previous episode's discussion regarding the impact of the quote, back to the classics sparked this line of thinking slash question. It's assumed that the return of such shop styles is a response to the fatigue driven by weekly releases slash co- collaborations that recycle the same double dry hop combos, explosive cans of fruit puree, adjunct stouts, etc. It strikes me that the middle ground of experimentation and refinement that led independent craft beer to this point is left out of the conversation. From my own perspective, much of the category's growth was sparked by the balance of innovation, tinkering, and perfecting recipes from homebrew culture. That ethos is certainly missing from the current state of the previously described hype boy styles, but is a full pendulum swing back to traditional styles the the industry's answer? What would the next evolution of, quote, experimentation and refinement look like in 2019-2020? Will it be the rise of the amber ale, as Strong Mike suggests? It's actually Mike Strong, but anyway. Dust Brother. I yep. honestly um, don't remember saying that. And, uh, Matt remembers. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely remember as well. Uh, hopefully, this question is directive, enough, uh, to be wor- is directive enough to be worth answering or at least discussing. Also, please send me a sh- T-shirt. <laughs> Consider it payment. For the rights to In Seltzer's Roundtable when you rebrand to reflect your content. Mm-hmm. Yours in dust, Matt. Thank you. Number one listener. Matt. Yep. Good job, Matt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you. I, I Just let me know what size uh, what size shirt you want, does he say? Yep. He didn't include that? He didn't include what size. Whoops. So you're not going to get one. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Uh, I think you're already starting to see those types of breweries open. 
like breweries that are more focused on perfecting things that they really want to make versus just making things they know they can sell. Can you give an example? Suarez. So interesting. Like that seems to be mostly about focusing on a few things and refining them and tweaking them over time to make them as fast as he possibly can. Um, I think that seems to be what the idea of Hill Farmstead is too. I mean, not to bang that drum too much, but like the, that that's what that brewery was all about. That's how they got to the way that those beers taste. And I think you're seeing more of that happen. I think that's, uh, I, I responded to that Dan Piché to, to him saying, I think we're returning to the norm of that having to be the way you run a brewery because it's not, it's not going to be like lines like that for new breweries or new things for too long. So I do think that Matt makes a very good point that does not get brought up enough on the show, which is... Um, seltzer is awesome. That yeah. seltzer is great. Um, he says, from my own perspective, much of the category's growth was sparked by the balance of innovation, tinkering, and perfecting recipes from homebrew culture. And I absolutely agree. I yeah, think yeah. that um, curiosity mm-hmm. um, w- definitely came from that kind of homebrew way where before that it was you made a lager and that's it. And maybe if you you maybe did a variant of that being a light lager and if if you didn't, you just kind of spun off a different brand, and you were also were a giant brewery. Uh, there were some regional breweries that had, you know, maybe like four different breweries, but I mean, season seasonals weren't weren't really even a thing. So that kind of curiosity, and it has kind of reached. I hope, honestly, uh, a, a tipping point with this kind of new, 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 new. Um, then again, I don't know. I mean, I also love the idea of someone like Phantom or someone like that who, like, every batch is always its own unique little thing. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that. But to me, somehow that is different than just, um, you know, this one has this cereal. This one has that cereal. This one has this. Well, those are, that's using the process and ingredients as the marketing which is something that I'm growing more Four. and more frustrated with. Oh. No, it's just, it's like when you say I use this much of vanilla, like it's like nine pounds of vanilla per barrel. It's like, that's too much. Like that's <laughs> like, not that it's like for my palate, but knowing being someone who wrote a lot of recipes and costed out beers, you read, you reach a law of diminishing returns with that type of thing where you don't need to use that much of something like that, or you don't need to use Captain Crunch. It's going it doesn't, like, doesn't it to ferment either. out. Yeah. Like you're, you're, not trying, you're not trying to make the liquid better. You're just trying to have a, some sort of hook. And I don't think that that is the future. If, if that is the future of craft beer, then we're all in trouble. But I don't think it is. I think you're seeing, well, I guess not, people are lining up for pastry out so, but I think you're seeing people... When I talk to these, this is now anecdotal entirely. But when I talk to a lot of my friends who were casually into craft beer, if they're still into craft beer at all, they're like, "Oh, I go and I drink the pilsner, or I go and I drink like a, a lager, or I drink like Welcome a pale ale." To a mature beer, market. right? It's yeah. like right. people that have like gotten burnt out, or or gotten burnt too many times of buying very expensive things that really weren't 
well-considered products. They were just, yeah. we know we can sell this to people. I don't think we're a fully mature beer market no, because I, I think we can still come. I think there needs to be space for other drinkable styles of beer that are well executed. you've nailed the word. <laughs> yeah. It's all about drinkability. If you can't drink it, what are you supposed to do with it? You know, I look, I, I mean, I think that there there's a spot for everything, but it's like you think about wine. Nobody is going in, you know, doming a, a bottle of Sauterne. It's like something that you have, at the, you know, for dessert. It's not it's a great product. It's not meant for someone to it's drink. sold in half beer, bottles or yeah, beer is actually yeah. meant to be something that people drink. And, you know, there I, I think that uh, you, you're going to have to at some point just. Uh, cope with the fact that, for the most part, beer, most of the volume is going to go to things that are drinkable, period. And I don't think that it's not it's not a hard rule, but I do think that um, that's something that a lot of people are in denial about. And I, I you know, I, I remember saying a few years ago on the on the podcast, like this or the, or the radio show that um, I hope whatever's next is beer. And I think that we're seeing um, that it might not be. And, but Beer will be beer, and that is that is the end of you know. That's what a mature beer market looks like. It's got to be beer. Unfortunately, it's like all this other stuff that you're trying to pretend is not beer. It's not. It's beer is going to have to be beer. So uh, that's that's my thought about. Well, that. I mean, things are becoming stratified. So I think you might have beer that isn't beer, uh, and breweries that pride themselves on making beer. That isn't beer. Which I know is locally, fine. yeah, um, Microphone has come on, uh, Mike Palin from yeah, Microphone, Mike, yeah. and he said, you know, I kind of came to the realization that I strive to make beers that don't taste like beer. I'm pretty sure he said it on this well, show. Which is, yeah. which is fine. I, I do think that it's important that everyone, I, I, especially when we're talking about adjuncts and things like that, it's just very important that people who are making beer if you're going to adjunct the beer, make sure that you can make the base style without, you know, make sure that you can make the base style, like, in the, which means that you're still, even if you want to throw something in there to make it, uh, just to add a little bit extra, that's that's the sort of quality that I think, um, you know, is important um, to, to think about for a mature market, because I don't think that just throwing random stuff in there is going to work long term. Uh, because that's not about that's not about beer. And when when you talk about all of the innovation, all of the stuff that happened to make uh, from home brewing to make craft beer, what it, it was, that was all beer. Like that's that's where this has been. This, that was the game that people were playing. Um, and so you would hope you would hope that that's going to be the beer that or, or that's going to be the game that people continue to play. Because mm-hmm. um, that's that's why we're here. And. Let me ask a question of of someone who's in the room who I think has excelled at making beer that tastes like. Oh, uh, I just lost my headphones. Oh, oh. that's interesting. Yeah, you you can control whether I hear my headphones or not with whether you swivel that. <laughs> I always Some, have, uh, Chris. but <laughs> someone, yeah, someone who uh, has been successful making beer that tastes like beer, and someone who has been successful at making beer that doesn't taste like beer, and that is the king right here. <laughs> Mr. Tim, uh, so Tim, uh, in your mind, is there? So there's definitely, I would think, skill. I, I would imagine you would say there's skill in 
you know, obviously making these, let's just use, I mean, either one, either one of these super fruited beers or one of these pastry stouts, or let's go with pastry stouts because you're the or king. Or a Deliner Vice. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. anything. Yeah. Let's the go classic with. style Deliner Yeah, Vice. classic. But let's go with yeah. a pastry stout. So my guess is that the base beer has probably certain guidelines that you definitely want to hit in order to be a worthy and ideal vessel for the adjunct. But my guess is you probably have a pretty wide berth. I'm guessing like when you do chug life, you have to hit some pretty finite things to get what you want. Where you probably would, I'm just talking the base beer, have a wider berth for your adjunct stouts. But then the kind of skill comes in in what adjuncts you use, how you, you how you apply them, mm-hmm. and in kind of what combination. Is is there any truth to that, or am I way off? Yeah, and, you know, the higher ABV stuff obviously gets trickier as you go up, and, uh, you know, there's different processes for that. But it, you, just a base, I think, just getting a really good refined stout that's a good palate for any whatever flavors you want to go for. And there's different, obviously, roasted malts are doing different things, um, you know, varieties of acrid finishes and you know different things that different levels i guess of depending on what you're going to add to it maybe you want something that's a little more um super super roasty or or dark cocoa flavored to go with let's say a coffee you know stout or something like that so there are different things i think that are important to consider um and then of course you know what's the quality of let's say you're adding cocoa or you know are you doing nibs are you doing powder what's the fat content of those things like there's different things that you know affect everything um ph levels but yeah it's uh I think the the more refined beers, I've said this before on the show, it's frustrating with all this rotating skew thing going on right now. I think it obviously affects the quality of a lot of the products coming out right now. People are just trying to perfect them. They're doing new, 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 and it's not a refining thing. And, you know, some of these beers, I think it does take many, many, many iterations to really refine it and get it to where it needs to be to feel super balanced and drinkable. Um, and you know, it's, it's a challenge of what we do. And I think it's, there's not enough attention to that. And I don't know if, I think the market ultimately wants that. It's, you know, a lot of the most popular beers, I think something like Pliny the Elder or others are, you know, even two hearted. Those are, you know, very, very, I think balanced and perfectly bitter and perfectly malty and, you know, really great fermentation. Probably every, not nailed every in the first four <laughs> batches. Yeah. You know? But you know, now they are perfection and that's just not what the market's generally doing. And, uh, it's a little frustrating. Mm. It's, I, I wish that people were more, um, receptive of that, I think, and just appreciating that something's been repeated and that there's maybe a purpose to that. And it's not just another batch of that product, you know? Um, well, but that's but not something that's e- is that fun even, to talk about, or and you know nobody cares. It, it, it's not fun to talk about, but it's also maybe not what those beers are about. I mean, to Will's point, they're not as drinkable, so you you can't just well. There, I, there's there's novelty is an element of those beers. Would you agree? Absolutely. Tim? Yeah, so yeah. But not I, to be bad, but it's no, like no, it's it can be very interesting and fun. To, that's that's great. To Tim's point, I think that he's really nailed. What's important is that if you really, really dial down the base beer to a point where it it is a hundred percent legitimate on its own, 
and then you're adjuncting as a way to accent certain flavors that are already present and everything is working in unison, then you're actually doing something which, in my estimation, is completely legitimate and that, that it doesn't necessarily even matter about drinkability. Like going back to my uh, Soterran comment, it doesn't have to be 100% drinkable all the time in all contexts in order to, to be something that's, uh, that's good. Uh, and worthy, it's like you you want to have all of these things working in unison, try to hit that next level of refinement. And I think that a lot of times there's just not a lot of thought, um, not a lot of thought given to that. And it's exactly like Tim was saying about how are how are the how are the roasted malts in this going to going to interact right. with this cocoa? I don't want to ruin my beautiful beer. And it's a soft turn, but what? having that level of care yeah. into everything that that you're doing is is what it's going to take. And all of the people that are just randomly, um, you it's know, like barefoot I, Moscato versus Sautern. Sure, neither of them are necessary. Like, but but there's such a delicacy to a Sautern or like a true Moscato. Like Moscato da Alba, like the 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 real stuff. Yeah. Like those are refined, delicious wines. Then again, other people, I guess, would say that the barefoot. I mean, probably more people would say that the barefoot stuff well, is good. There so, it goes. Yeah, how much? So, how I take much back everything. The, I said. <laughs> <laughs> the thin air. I'm not hating on uh, Moscato. It's like not a. It, uh, that's not necessarily um, worse. I just happen to be a, a you know, like so Terran. But yeah, uh, the. My my point is that's that's the attitude that people need to take. Not how are we going to sell more of this by dumping some random nonsense into right. our. It, it has at a whole be, new level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think at there's a, also a higher level. There's like a, a there are tiers of adjuncts yeah. too. No like, doubt. Adjunct used to mean like flaked oats right. or corn. <laughs> right. Corn specifically. Right. Yeah. It, it, but then it corn. Then it was like cacao nibs and vanilla bean and that type of stuff. And then there's like a level that's like finished food products being added, yeah. which is not enhancing brew- the brewing tradition. I'm sorry, who are you talking about? I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> People that are adding, like, Twinkies or cake that's, f- like, a Gummy finished- worms. Yeah, gummy worms. This is not what brewing is about. I didn't know. I thought that that's how you brewed. You don't, <laughs> sure. you don't just add I'm talking about Spitefuls. Spitefuls Portillo <laughs> Cake Stout is garbage, bro. Listen, Needs uh, more that mayo. Portillo... Yeah. What, I don't even know what cake that is. You, you need to give me a cake that I even know. Anyway, Portillo's? Entimins. Entimins? Do you live in Chicago? Oh, Portillo's. I thought, yeah. you, I thought you said something else. Let me ask a question. So I truly think there are brewers who are skilled adjunct brewers and that they know things that a you know someone from you know i don't know like the head brewer who's been a brewer for you know 30 years from deschutes may not be able to just step in and be like oh yeah i know how to i can i can make a a, you know a cupcake marshmallow stout easy um and and maybe they could maybe they couldn't this is again just my guesses so I, I guess there's probably a, a skill a, and uh, as a brewer of of doing that and some of the things you elaborated on, Tim. I would also think that there's a, uh, there's, there's definitely a skill to kind of the base technical brewing expertise as well. And I'm guessing, um, I would do those sl- things? Are they? Are they? Do you have to be both? My guess is you you maybe don't. Like you can be both. I mean, it's great that you're able to do uh, a light adjunct rice or corn lager, right? 
and Chug Life is is awesome. I, I think it's it's a great beer. Um, and Dry then, hopped, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but do you think that is it necessary to be a skilled, technical, classic brewer to make these adjunct beers too? Do you think it's without that knowledge you cannot do it well? Yeah, your I, opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, agree I think I'm. I'm. I don't that. agree yeah. with that. I, I think that, and I think that my estimation when I think of the best adjunct beer that I've had, it's got to be Forbidden Roots. Um, you know, collaboration huh. uh, with Fernet because they perfectly mimicked. They perfectly mimicked the Fernet profile. It tasted like a beer. It was very good. It was it was exceptional. And I think that Randy is honestly uh, responsible for Randy Mosher. Randy Mosher. Yeah. Uh, you know, shout out. Like, this is the guy that was like, oh, well, I, I, yeah, I've made all of the beers with all of the normal ingredients. I want to do something else. I think that there's a whole, um, a whole culture of brewers that kind of um, sort of took that took that and ran with it i think that a lot of them missed the you know missed the meeting that was like well actually we need to make the base beer and we actually need to figure <laughs> yeah. out how all of these flavors interact with one another because that's what's actually important but then because at the end of the day it's got to be about the way that everything comes together and i i don't see a lot of breweries giving any of uh, you know F's about how the how they uh, how everything is is actually playing out on the palate, and that has to be the number one thing that people are, um, are are concerned about is how does this actually taste? If it doesn't taste good, your whatever you're doing is nonsense. Well, then it comes down to who is the judge of does this taste good, right? So there's no BJCP category for s'more stout. But people sell a yeah, lot of s'more well, stouts, you know. So, Mike, you've uh, got it, like your own brand now. Isn't aren't you the judge <laughs> of what? Of what tastes good? If it tastes, I'm good. the judge of what tastes good for me. That's correct. But, that, but I'm not the judge of what tastes good for that's right. uh, World Beer Cup or for GABF or for what's going to sell in the market at the highest rate possible. Of Those course. are all different metrics. But don't True. You have so to what trust you see in the pastry first? stout. Of course, but then that, that's why I started the brewery I started. Well, you see in like the pastry style is a moving from being like, well, you should be brewing to BJCP style guidelines. And like the logical extension of that is like, let's not do anything that has to do with any of that. And people love it. Like people buy a lot of it. People, I don't know if they drink a lot of it. I guess that was part of the conversation earlier, but people like the those flavors. And to that uh, point of like, what's going to win FOBAB anymore? Like, I don't. As right. these things keep changing, it's like, what? Are, what's a judge's beer now? Right. I, I don't I, even I've, I have no idea. I've been in judging rooms where I tried to kick a beer out that ended up winning a gold medal in a category yeah. because I was like, I know this has extract in it. Uh-huh. I can taste extract in this beer, and I don't think that's what this festival is about. And then someone else is like, yeah, but it tastes so, so perfect. <laughs> and it's like, well, that, then yeah. it was just, and then that's more about Fobab judging where it's like what thing wins. You don't, we're not really sure, but that, that beer won a gold medal in the category and I hated it. And we're not going to talk about that. Hated it. The one person that will always knock that beer out is once again, Randy Mosier. <laughs> uh, he's going to, he has no tolerance for that type of, uh, that type of brewing. And, uh, you know, I don't think so. you should. And I, and personally, I don't think you should, but that doesn't mean that no brewery should make beers that taste like that. Well, Clearly I mean, that beer tasted really good to a lot of very educated palates yeah. sure but that and that's what it comes down to is you know what specifically 
in judging, sometimes it comes more to the faults, uh, to how you delineate the faults. And I have right. a, a very interesting story. And so now we're Once, uh, so in Insider, they only have one fault that they consider to be absolutely unacceptable. In Didn't every use context. apples. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's mouse. So uh, it, it's mouse. So it's um, Brett. And, and so, no, well, it's no, Brett in, it's in conjunction TFN. with, uh, dear, dear, yeah. it, it, I'm not going to go into it. But so anyways, it's, it's mouse. And there was a particular group of cider makers in New York that had uh, grown to appreciate mouse. So if you didn't go in and tell them as the authorita- uh, authoritative uh, you know, cider community, like, hey, listen, everything you guys are doing here is complete nonsense, and you can't like that anymore. <laughs> they don't know. So that's the that's the funny thing about judging in general is it's so much more about, in my estimation, what you exclude than well, what you it's, include. It's also about and people so, who drink Heineken because they like the skunky but, flavor. But once again, right. I mean, but, they like natural it. Wine but once again, like talking funky, about weird adjuncts, flavors. but talking about right, adjuncts, right. and I think that. Um, the most, again, the most important thing should be, what is the base beer about? That's something that's, that's clear. That's true. So what, that's something that's very, very clear. What is the base beer about? How I don't, is this I brewed? don't think that that is that clear for what those beers are though. Well, and I, I think don't that, think that like the thing is like, well, it's a perfectly made stout that also has these adjuncts in it. It's like more about like the overall flavor profile that, yeah. and that the base beer of those things might not be a perfectly good beer on now, its Mike, own. Now, Mike, are we talking and nor about, should it have to be. Are we talking about commercial success or Fobab right now? I'm, Could be either. Well, because I know in Fobab, they changed it this year, and I thought it was interesting. What did they change? They, they well, I'm sorry, this this past year, not this upcoming year. <clears throat> and they said that with adjunct specialty, I think they call them specialty stouts, Yeah. Um, that the base beer should be the primary thing that you were judging and the adjunct should enhance the base beer, but you are judging the base beer with the adjunct. So what, what does that been mean? Been, this is like Abraxas, which no one's going to argue is that, that's a great beer. But is that enhancing the base beer? Does that what is the base I, I beer think, in that I situation? Think, right. no, that's true. I, I, mean, what, I think like, from yeah. having judged I think that that's fair point. arbitrary a lot of times, thing to say. It always has to do with. Uh, the the base beer has to be prominent, I and the barrel cannot and disagree the, with you. The more. barrel, the spirit, and any adjuncts have to be secondary. I and I know I just know, gave you an example where that was not the case, and that beer won a gold medal. But then they yeah, changed well, I, what I th- they were trying to direct, I guess, judges. And right. you came back and said, so, "How can you do that?" Right. Well, but Which here's, is, it's I, kind of impossible. Yeah. No, I, I I think generally it is true in all of the places that. Okay, well, I'm... Uh, We're almost out of time is what I was trying to tell right. you silently. Well, Not you specifically need to shut up, but you specifically <laughs> do need to shut up. All right, well, I've, I've definitely <laughs> shut up now. Okay. We're not going to talk about that. We anymore. have like three or two minutes or something like that. Three minutes. So that's perfect. One minute for each of my, my guests. But can we just say that the point is a crappy hot dog covered in pickles and, you know, Chicago-style salad. Drag through the garden. Yeah. If it's a crappy hot dog, it's a crappy hot dog, guys, no matter how, what you put on it. When you, when so you get into the seltzer, you got to have a decent Yeah. When base. you get into the seltzer today, guys. All right, so All in right, closing. Right after the show, we'll be sharing, we're, we'll be sharing some we're seltzer be with you. We're cracking some serious seltzer, getting to we, what we, we gonna, truly love. That we really are here for. That's why. That's how I get them here, Let's get, Jamie. Get that's how I get them in the studio. I'm sick of these laws. Let's get those claws. Yeah. Uh, Mike, anything you'd like to say in closing before we get out of here? Thank you for coming on. I very much appreciate it. This is a show that almost didn't happen, and it ended up being a very fun show. So thanks to everybody. Thanks, Tim, for allowing me to 
annoy you enough to come. And then thanks, Will, for not being a wimp and making it on tonight, even <laughs> though you were, were worried about it. I was scared. Yeah. Well, uh, anything you want to say, Mike? Anything at all? There will be some draft of Always Zag, a hop accented Saison by Iswas at Beer Temple on Saturday, either the 13th or 14th. I can't remember. But it will be 14th. on at the beginning of the day. It will be on until it's gone. One all hour. Right. Awesome. One hour. Yeah, well, if, if, if history, history repeats itself, but I, uh, no one cares about a brewery's second beer, right? <laughs> it's over. That sounds lovely. I'll be uh, at Spiteful. That um, day, yeah. On 20th and the 21st of September for our Oktoberfest. That's that's all I know oh, that I'll fun. be doing. But uh, if I'm free that day, it might be it might be a nice time to have Come have by. little darts. We can disagree about darts. adjunct styles all yeah. Yeah. long. Let's you can meet Dusty. Beers. We can play hey, darts. Listen, you can meet let's, Dusty. Let's have some Lord shots. Yell at each other oh, about Jesus. adjunct stouts. This sounds like my ideal darts. day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like what is that? A Tuesday? Great. I'm in. It's I'm a there. Saturday. Oh yeah, that's even better. Yeah. Um, actually, no. And Saturday Tim, anything you want to say? I heard there's an <laughs> awesome Chugtoberfest happening at Mars Taproom uh, the 20th. Um, there's going to be an awesome fest beer there featuring house malts from Ohio Ooh, and a yeah. uh, really beautiful Sweet. fermentation. Yes. It's tasting awesome. That's the day. It was and, fantastic. Uh, there's going to be uh, it's a fest beer. It's a, it's fest, a fest beer. Yeah, a fest, fest beer. So and, I have uh, something. There's going to be leaders. If you're into leaders, how much time we got, Jamie? Leaders of cola. Okay. If you want that. So here's uh, something. I, I don't usually uh, mention events we're going to have, but this one I think is, is pretty cool. We're doing be a keg of oh, no. <laughs> Eight Hearted. Oh. Yeah. Eight Hearted. Yeah. So it's going to be very fresh, two hearted. Yes. Very fresh. How fresh? Uh, I, I forget. I'm not lying. Still, oh, it's still beating. Five oh, days or? Yeah. It's like 14. It's kidding. more like. 14. Uh, it's not five days. That's fresh. That's fresh. Yeah. It might not even be that fresh, but it's very fresh, I promise. I, I don't want to lie about how fresh it is. Anyway, yeah. it's yeah. fresh, two-hearted. They're bringing in at the last moment uh, a firkin of two-hearted, which is amazing <sighs> so on good. cask, and yeah. it is truly so finished good. fermenting in the cask. It is true real they ale. Not conditioned. It is conditioned so good. in the cask. It's not just pulled off a bright tank. Um, <laughs> and you, then double two-hearted. We're not. Ooh. We are not. I guess it's in camera. But I got a guy. I will say. I'm telling camera. Oh, yeah. The guy. The guy who set up my. Yeah, the guy. He set up our program. Not that guy. Come on. Yeah. And we have double two-hearted. What about half-hearted? I'm trying like crazy to get just (laughs) even some sample cans. Apparently, that beer is not even going to come out until next year, so it just doesn't exist yet. Okay. Well, I'll bring in water, and we can just pour that into two-hearted. So it's going to be eight hearts. So you're saying they're iterating. I'll I'll bring some hard seltzer. Make some centennial hard But thank you guys. And thank you, Mike, for saying that uh, not to talk about seltzer. It made us kind of go off the <laughs> the script, and talk it, it worked out well. And Worst. thanks to Matt for the for the uh, the letter. Great letter. Insiders yeah, great at letter, craftbeertemple.com. If you have a physical letter, do not forget to yeah. mail it to the beer temple. Not. Somebody will lose something. I don't know. Mail it to the beer temple. Thank you, guys. We got to get out of here. We will mail see you next week with more of the beer temple insiders roundtable. So long. Remember, this is what we wanted. Remember, this is what we said. To never be heard or seen from again, 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 again. Remember, this is what we wanted. Remember, this is what we said. Never be heard, seen from again, 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 again. Remember